This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Zoomer Week in Review, heard every Sunday at noon on Zoomer Radio. You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by CARP, a new vision of aging. Support CARP with your membership today. Visit carp.ca. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Zoomer Weekend Review, all things Zoomer Worldwide. I'm Bob Komsikin for Libby's Nimer. The number of divorces among baby boomers in long-term marriages represented close to half of all divorces in Canada. A Toronto lawyer drops by with more on the so-called gray divorce and why the number tends to rise in January. And it's like a scene out of the 60s cartoon series, The Jetsons. A new robot is being developed to help seniors deal with isolation and loneliness. Named LEQ, this interactive robot may one day help older adults stay socially and physically active. But first, here are your Zoomer headlines from around the world. The flu season is shaping up to be a bad one. You've heard us report on Zoomer Radio lately that while this year's vaccine is less effective, it's still worth getting a flu shot. The most pervasive strain this year is nastier than most. The flu season typically peaks December through February but can last until May, and it usually takes about two weeks for the shot's immunity to kick in, so it's not too late. This week in England, hospitals are seeing a spike in patients reporting flu symptoms with GPs reporting a 78% increase this week over last. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention estimates up to 36 million Americans become ill with the flu each year. No vaccine is perfect, so it's important to use good infection control like regular hand washing and limiting contact with others. Older adults who follow a Mediterranean diet could be lowering their risk of frailty. In a paper published in the Journal of the American Geriatric Society, the British researchers concluded eating habits of Mediterranean populations have lower risk of disability, falls, dementia, and premature death than people in the U.S. and Northern Europe. The diet includes a high intake of plant-based foods, fruits, nuts, whole cereals, olive oil, moderate intake of fish, dairy, meat, and red wine, and a low intake of sweets and eggs. As the population ages, the number of people with frailty-related disabilities will increase. There's new scientific proof that happy feet make for a happy brain specifically an aging one. If your New Year's resolution is to get fit, scientists are telling us whether it's rock and roll or the jitterbug, making your body move will help prevent the decline of mental and physical activity in the brain. The 18-month study showed two activities good for the brain, endurance training and dancing, but which is better? Volunteers between the ages of 63 and 80 were put into two groups, dance class and sports. Dancers had to memorize and perform changing choreography. The others learned strength and endurance exercises. The findings showed dancing, especially when routines and music genres are changing, was better for you than repetitive walking or cycling exercise. It's long been known that dementia patients react strongly when listening to music, and so dancing could become a promising tool in treatment plans. The findings are in the frontiers in human neuroscience. 
Showbiz legend and Zoomer Betty White celebrates a birthday this weekend, turning 96 on January 17th. The Hollywood icon recently revealed the secret to her happy and enjoyable life, saying, accentuate the positive, not the negative, adding that it sounds so trite, but most will find the negative in a situation rather than look for the silver lining. She's also a fan of vodka and hot dogs, in that order. It's no surprise the comedian has a huge following around the world. I'm Bob Comsick, and those are your headlines from around the world. Gray divorces are on the rise in Canada. The harsh reality is that baby boomers in long-term marriages are getting divorced at a high rate, according to statistics. January, a time for resolutions and renewal, is also a time when divorce rates rise. Toronto lawyer Rick Patika gives us some insight into the reasons behind these marriage breakdowns after so many years. In general, there are a higher amount of divorces, specifically gray divorces, this time of the year. Why is that? Well, I, I guess that's the big question, and it's one of the things that is a phenomenon that occurs in, in the family law world, is that January, or every January, typically tends to be a higher rate of divorces or people coming forward for separation. And I guess one can speculate that the reason is, is that uh, they're coming away from the holidays, and with the whole beginning of a New Year's resolution, or they want to start afresh, they see this as being the proper timing. One of the common things that I've noticed in my practice is usually, uh, and it's a common thread, that most of my clients have said that there's always been an underlying issue that was early on in the marriage or sometime in between of the marriage that basically was remained uh, has remained unchecked or unresolved over the years of the marriage. And basically, they just allow it to fester. And now it's to a point that either one or both of the parties think that the marriage is, is beyond repair. I like to, to liken this as to the analogy of almost like there's a, a small wound to the relationship and, and they've left that wound untreated over the years and now now that wound has brought further complications or illness or disease and, and now they're looking to sever the relationship. The reason this wound or these wounds haven't been addressed at a time maybe when they should have, life got in the way. Children work. Uh, you know, there's a myriad of reasons, depending on the type of personality. Some some people are more submissive. They'd rather, they're non-confrontational. They're hoping that that problem would work itself out. Or it could be even the kids and having kids and both parents being involved with the kids and now paying more attention to the children as opposed to their spouses and no longer putting the spouse as their only focus. That obviously plays into the equation as well. What advice might you have for those that maybe find themselves in that position or maybe they're starting to encounter problems to help them avoid reaching the gray divorce point. Proactive, proactive, proactive. You have to be proactive with this. I mean, if, if, if there's an issue that is being recognized that cannot be resolved, that they're realizing that, uh, you know, it's still creating some sort of pressure on the marriage. Seek the counseling at early on. See if you can can deal with it and nip it in the bud. Um, don't let it fester because eventually, once you allow it to fester, and it becomes a lot worse. In some cases, the, the passage of time has created the distance in between the, the two people that that the marriage really comes to an end. So, by the time someone comes to you, 
is that basically they've reached a, a dead end and there's no way this can be resolved? Or have you seen instances where things actually uh, have turned out uh, for the better, or at least they've been able to make amends and resume their lives together. That's an interesting point, Bob. And and as lawyers, we have a duty under the law to explore the possibility of reconciliation before recommending that, that they proceed with a separation. So so typically in a consultation, I will canvas with them if, if they've had an opportunity to see other professionals or marriage counseling to see if there's a possibility to try to repair the marriage. If that were not to work, then at least they could be satisfied that they've tried everything and now let's move on to the second stage. And the second stage really is, how do we make uh, an amicable separation? Especially on a long-term marriage where you've had so many years together, and typically over 20 years, and there's kids and grandkids. How do we all play nice with each other? And that's really what the aim here is, is not to try to add fuel to the fire, but to see if we can try to de-escalate things and allow these people to move on and in a civil and friendly way with each other. And the longer people have been married, do you find it then more difficult to resolve this uh, amicably? If they've perceived it as being significant over the years and somebody may feel that they've been neglected, sometimes you find, uh, I found that one or or both parties tend to be unreasonable with each other. And it's almost as if uh, they haven't checked their emotions at the door, so to speak, that they carry this uh, bitterness with them. Or they perceive now the separation as being the platform to try to make some sort of reparation to what was uh, missing all, all those years. Rick Patika, thanks so much. Thank you, Bob. I appreciate it. That was Toronto lawyer Rick Patika. I'm Bob Komsik, and this is the Zoomer Week in Review. Coming up, if you're a Zoomer who would prefer to live in your own home for as long as possible, we've got some great news for you. You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by CARP, a new vision of aging. Support CARP with your membership today. Visit carp.ca. Like something from science fiction, inventors are creating robots to be partnered with seniors to help improve social and physical well-being. American-based science writer Gene Dimitri has just returned from the annual electronics show out in Las Vegas and has the latest on this innovative robot technology likely to have widespread appeal as populations age. We are starting to see a lot of robots emerge at CES 2018 that could help your listeners age in place. So everything from uh, a humanoid robot that can uh, do chores in the household, get something out of the fridge, to robots that can help remind people to call their grandkids or take pills, to uh, self-driving cars that can move people around. So I think there's a, a lot of promise within the next few years of robots that can allow people to retain their autonomy, their mobility, even that they can still live at home and not have to deal with an assistant care facility right away. 
And the reason all these possibilities are important, and that's because of what the experts have found in various studies. Uh, there's one out at the University of California, San Francisco, which found nearly half of older adults reported feeling lonely. One in two women, 75 and older, live alone. Isolation can lead to other problems, including Alzheimer's. So the fact that they could have a companion, not a human, but something awfully close, if they are by themselves, vitally important. That's absolutely right. And, you know, obviously, ideally, you want to have human interaction, you want to have human caregivers. Right. But the fact of the matter is that there's simply not enough people to go around to do that, or that the people who are going to be human caregivers, as Zoomers age and that population gets larger, they're going to be spread thin. And so we want to maximize their time with one-on-one face-to-face contact, and then leave a lot of the day-to-day chores to machinery that can be smart enough to help people out without getting in the way, and then at the same time, like you said, provide some degree of companionship. Are you surprised or not so much when you consider how far we've come with various technologies such as, you know, our cell phones? It's the cell phone that has enabled uh, the robotics revolution because the camera the processor chips, the capabilities of the cell phone are small enough and cheap enough that they enable robots to be smarter and more capable than ever before. And within the next few years, we we did see several prototypes of humanoid robots at CES, and some of them are capable of grasping, some of them are capable of interacting and and holding uh, the beginnings of a conversation with a human being. Uh, Some of them can move around. And so we're definitely seeing what I would say is the beginnings of what is really wanted or desired in the household. But you have to be patient. It's not going to happen this year, probably. It's definitely something that people are are working very hard on. Now, you use the acronym CES. I guess that would be the Consumer Electronics Show. You've gone to these things for a few years now. I'm sure there might have been times years ago when you might have been a little more skeptical than you are now. You're sounding... I'm pretty confident now that sooner rather than later we're going to see these type of uh, robot companions, if you will, to, to help uh, Zoomers as they age in their own place rather than having to, to move out. But when some Zoomers hear this, they might be thrown off a little bit saying, oh, I'm not really good with the technology. I don't know if I could really make this work. Well, and that's part of the design challenge is that uh, like any tool or technology, it has to be built in a way that is user-friendly. So something that's too complicated is simply not going to sell and it's not going to be popular. That's one reason why smartphones had to reach a certain stage before they really caught on. And with robots, it will be the same way. A robot that you can simply command with your voice or that has a very simple interface that's intuitive on a touch screen, that's going to be much more useful than something that you have to worry about, oh, do I have to program it? And we are now reaching the beginnings of the point where artificial intelligence is good enough that not only can it interpret a voice command, but it might be able to read your facial expression. It might be able to know uh, your state of health based on your behavior pattern. And so there's definitely a lot of promise in the near future of robots in the home that are simple enough for anyone to use. At the latest show that you were at, was there anything there that made even you do a double take? 
there were a few robots uh, and a few, in the broader sense, a few autonomous capabilities that really have improved a lot. Uh, so, for example, um, I took a ride in a couple of self-driving cars this past week, and you know, I, w- I was thinking, oh, this is a lot of hype. They're not going to come within the next five years. And now there are still significant challenges, but the idea of, again, if you're a Zoomer and you want to be able to go to the grocery store, you want to be able to go to church, but you're not confident as a driver, that capability is coming soon. And there are a couple of prototypes of mobile robots with arms that can grasp things. And that's been a long-time challenge, combining a robot that can move safely around the house with a robot that can manipulate a wide range of objects and do so in a way that helps a human user. Once they're user-friendly, you could see a lot more of these. uh, We will see a lot more robots down the road. Yes, I think that is a fairly likely thing, and I, I don't think it's something that we should be afraid of because, again, these robots are being designed by people for people, and so it's not a substitute for a person, but it's rather uh, an additional help. Okay. Gene, thank you so much for your time, and uh, thanks for the insight. Well, thank you. That was Gene Dimitri, Senior Web Writer for Robotics Business Review. I'm Bob Komsik, and this is the Zoomer Week in Review. Coming up... He may have left the building, but will forever remain in our hearts as we celebrate the king of rock and roll. You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by CARP, a new vision of aging. Support CARP with your membership today. Visit carp.ca. Welcome back to the Zoomer Week in Review, all things Zoomer worldwide. I'm Bob Komsikin for Libby's Nimer, and it's time for your International Arts Datebook. Tips for those of you jetting around the world. Here's Jane Brown. The ultimate literary vacation can be had in the Scottish village of Wigston, where tourists are encouraged to manage a local bookstore for a week. There is a lineup, though. The shop is fully booked with guest managers until 2020. Meantime, there's a pop-up pub in Edinburgh inspired by Harry Potter's creator. The Conan Doyle was renamed the J.K. Rowling for a literary event called Message from the Skies. The pub reverts to its usual name, Name, January 25th. Starting next week, tickets to 19 Broadway shows will be half price. Among them, the Carol King musical Beautiful. You got to get up every morning. The special tickets are good between January 16th and February 4th. And a city in northern China is celebrating the Year of the Dog with a larger than life canine statue that bears an uncanny resemblance to Donald Trump. Last year, they erected a large Trump-like rooster. I'm Jane Brown, and that's the International Arts Datebook. This week, the king of rock and roll, Elvis Presley, would have celebrated his 83rd birthday. For over three decades, he was a major presence in rock, pop, blues, and gospel music, one of the biggest icons of the 20th century. His legacy and music live on long past his early death in 1977. Elvis's birthday is still an annual celebration at his famous home, Graceland, where fans flock to the estate for sing-alongs, memorabilia auctions, Elvis trivia, and, of course, birthday cake. Right now, we celebrate Elvis's birthday with one of many of his number one hits, It's Now or Never. That was Elvis Presley singing It's Now or Never. 
This week, the King of Rock would have turned 83. And that brings us to the end of this week's edition of the Zoomer Week in Review. I'm Bob Comsick for Libby Snymer. Thanks for joining me. Be sure to come back next week to stay up to date with all things Zoomer worldwide. You've been listening to the Zoomer Week in Review. Produced by MZ Media Limited. Executive producer, Moses Nimer. Produced by Michelle Saunders, Paul Thomas, and Andre Lowy. This has been an exclusive podcast of the Zoomer Week in Review. Heard every Sunday at noon on Zoomer Radio. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network. Home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.